welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. And this podcast is all about us as a married couple, just exploring things that we find interesting, whether that be philosophical or trivial or pop culture, just us having a conversation and finding things that we're curious about yeah, and diving deep into them, mm-hmm. hence the name, Deeply Curious. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Hint Water. Hint is a water company that makes flavored water. They have a still and a sparkling version, and it is zero everything. It is just water with a hint of flavor, mm-hmm. and it is sugar and sweetener free, so no guilt no on guilt. on a drinking a flavored drink. The fizz for me completely replaces soda. I don't need to drink uh, or have like a craving to drink soda whenever I have hint fizz around because it just takes care of that uh, that bubbly ah, that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in checking out hint water, they have tons of flavors. I haven't even tried all of them. I've tried a bunch. Our fridge is completely full of hint, but (laughs) uh, I still have not tried all of them. Um, If you want to check it out, you can go to hint.co slash deeply curious. You can also find hint in pretty much all grocery stores and uh, maybe even your local convenience store. Maybe. So for this episode, we don't have like a very specific topic. It's Mm -hmm. just going to be, we're just going to start talking, see where this ends up. And I wanted to kind of start the conversation just talking about some recent cultural events. Oh, which ones? <laughs> uh, well, one that I literally just saw and kind of dove into an article oh. is, uh, what do you think about um, Elon Musk and Grimes? Okay. I've seen a lot of photos because of the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know who she is, though. I guess the whole thing is that she's like, so young and like typical white dude like that's what you do you Mm -hmm. divorce your wife and then you go for someone super young um but i don't i I don't understand is that the whole thing about it i mean yeah basically well the age difference but also just the very stark like uh, difference difference of very nerdy quirky silicon valley yeah like ceo on like entrepreneur venture guy yeah who you know thinks it's you know fun to like make flamethrowers yeah you know uh and start candy companies (laughs) right so basically a a very very intelligent child Uh with unlimited money yeah um so uh, really fun to watch yeah uh and then there's grimes who i also hadn't heard of um is a punk artist basically i mean i mean the, I, I listen to music her. and it's not punk music okay it's 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 just kind of a darker pop electronic sound okay but her style very goth very goth punk do you know how old she is 30 and he's i don't know mid 40s how old is elon musk elon musk's 46 46 yeah, so 16 years. I think that's what I saw. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, like, appearance-wise, they don't seem to fit. Um, but also, like, I mean, yes, Elon Musk is, like, very smart and intelligent, has a lot of money to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is also, like, a kid. Right? Like, I mean, right. he's not this... I'm. 
I don't want to make anybody mad because it's not that I'm not a fan of Elon Musk, but I don't know how much I like put weight on what he does or whatever, because I feel like more recently he's just been kind of like sensational and just like doing crazy things Mm -hmm. for, for fun for, for the sake of nothing. I don't know. Like, so it kind of like, it, it makes me just wonder like, what he's actually doing and like is his smart things <laughs> like like the uh, hyperloop that he he's mm-hmm. talked about building i feel like that's so cool but like how much weight can i actually give that because he also decided out of nowhere that he's going to create flamethrowers then when he found out he can't ship flamethrowers he decided that he's going to create fire extinguishers to ship with the flamethrowers so that way it was you know, allowed mm-hmm. or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh yes, and I'm going to start a candy company and it's going to be amazing. And like, why? what's happening? Like, I don't, <laughs> it's confusing to me because he's kind of like all over the map. So I don't know if it's that surprising. You know what I mean? If you look at it like that. Yeah. I mean, based on his, his recent actions, it's definitely, it's not that surprising. Yeah. It's actually the thing that's most surprising to me is Elon Musk with a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't. He, he, he seems like it, he'd be with nobody. Yeah. He just like is so all over the map right now that like I totally think that he like his intelligence and everything is very valid and you know whatever. Like he's making major like rev. He's like he's a revolutionary in a lot of ways. Right. A visionary. Mm-hmm. But he's just kind of all over the map. So I don't know if I trust him as much as I did. I mean, that doesn't really bother me because, it, I mean, all people are, like, so multifaceted yeah. that, like, just because he's, like, rich and super smart doesn't mean he can't send, make the first reusable rocket ever. No, um, yeah. And revolutionize the electric car industry and right. create a flamethrower. Right. I but, don't disagree with that. And also, I think, like, the what's really cool about the flamethrower is it, it came out of the idea of well he created the boring company hat well he created the boring company to revolutionize the hole drilling uh industry the tube whatever what do you call it tunnel drilling um so he ended up selling i don't remember it was a lot of hats yeah um in that all those hats are funding right the project and so that like spurred into what else could i do to fund the project and then just because he's I mean, basically a bachelor, like right. with tons of money. He's like, well, I'll just do flamethrowers, right? Which is, I think, is super fun to watch. Oh, it is. It's yeah. super fun to watch, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything that's like alarming about what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like, uh, is he crazy? <laughs> you know, like it's not. There's nothing like alarming, but yeah. there's just something like once he started doing all these things, and like, I don't know, it just like made me go like, oh, I mean. What is he doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's different than like I viewed him before. I viewed him as a very serious businessman and now I don't. Mm-hmm. Not that he's not a serious businessman, but just all of the like quirks are. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that you wouldn't see him as a serious businessman just because he likes to have fun. Because I feel like, like basically, I would assume that all serious businessmen do crazy and fun things when they're yes. not being a serious businessman. I don't man. doubt that. He just happens to bring them together. But I don't think that I don't see him as a serious businessman. Just because just he that. likes to have fun. No. 
No, I said, I think that you can, and I think that he is, and I feel like he's really smart, and he's, you know, whatever, but there's just like, I just view him different now, Mm. and I don't know what it is. I don't think that, I don't trust him any less. I don't think that he's doing any less good, or that he's a little too crazy. Maybe it's like, maybe it's all of the fans. Mm -hmm. There's like a different level, because like, when you're like a serious businessman, you don't really have like fans like yeah and he has fans right like right. people who are like die hard i'm gonna buy this because it's elon musk who cares mm-hmm. whatever like retweeting him all day every day like there's just some something yeah. like about the way that he's like mm-hmm. gaining traction is just completely different than anything else and it's not that it's bad but i just like i view him different i don't think that he's any less than what he was before. Yeah. I mean, that, that made me just think about, this may be too big of a word to use, but I'm just trying to th- think of another like CEO. Let's just take Steve Jobs for, and say like, it, you know, if he was still alive and he was around and you like saw him on the street, I feel like you would hold like this reverence mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and like what he's doing. And I think that we, I feel like that's what Elon Musk used to be yes. as well. Like you held like, I don't know. There was like this. I kind of called him the Steve Jobs of the it was, like. Yeah. Of, of the it was like res- car it was industry. almost like the you know like the president like respect for the office. It was almost right, like right, you right. had like this thing, but now it's not any less. It's just different. Yes. Like because being able to connect with that person on a per like on the Twitter level and mm-hmm. like them doing weird, funny, quirky things and showing how much humanity right. is in the person. I think. It doesn't, it just makes it different. Right. Like now if you saw, it's like if you saw Elon Musk on the street, you would almost run up to him as a fan. Right. Versus if, if like, like, a, like a Steve Jobs, you would, you would probably maybe even not go up to him and be right. like, whoa, there's Steve Jobs and like, right. whatever. There's but, like a, a silent respect that yeah. you like don't cross a certain line exactly. or whatever. And I feel like it's not there with Elon Musk because he has opened that and it's not, like yeah. I said, it's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just, it's different to combine like a fandom mm-hmm. and like a serious, like revolutionary, right? Yeah. It's it's weird to combine those things. Yeah. It's weird. Like thinking about it because it's, it's like, it's not that you lose respect because it's like the same amount of respect, but. And I actually appreciate different. that. Yeah. I appreciate that. He's like kind of who even knows what, just like mm-hmm. crazy in not the literal sense, but. But this also poses the question of super rich people uh-huh. and what they do with their money. Yeah. And say, like, Elon Musk has, I mean, essentially unlimited funds. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to broaden the uh, scope here. Yeah. Essentially unlimited funds for himself. And he chooses to use those funds for seemingly trivial things or right, things like that, do, candy like, that don't embedder humanity right do you think that there's any obligation for a person of extreme wealth to have to use that wealth to make humanity better okay well there's multiple questions in there so first of all we're not talking about elon musk specifically because i still feel like he's doing good things with his money like creating all of them are yeah but like specifically elon's is like creating like revolutionary cars and the hyperloop and things that will 
like better humanity, right? But then, um, I guess I shouldn't say all of them are because they're definitely like oil tycoons, right? Like I don't like, think all rich people yeah. are are doing. But I was personally just thinking like even like the uh, Amazon CEO, even though he's just building Amazon and stuff like that, it is for the betterment of. Yeah, but like, is it though? Yeah, it's more convenient. It helps people, like. Okay, well, I just yeah. have a a very complicated relationship with Amazon. So <laughs> maybe that's just an opinion. I don't know. Here's what I think, though. I think that can you say that rich people have to allocate a certain amount to better humanity? No, because like they're the one earning the money, mm-hmm. right? But do they have an obligation? I think so. I think that obviously we can't tell them you have to donate 20% of blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. But I think as people, they have an obligation. Yes. Hmm. And especially like, let's take CEO of Amazon, for example, because I have a very, like I said, complicated <laughs> feeling about him. Um, or not him necessarily. I don't know him, but what I do know, like the articles I've read. Um, he's worth $122 billion is is how much money he has, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's all these reports of like how bad the work environment is in Amazon, like as a whole, and how much like their employees aren't paid and aren't benefited. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has an obligation there, right? Which before... Th- uh, just to counter that specific point, I read an article the other day about that and the, uh-huh. the reason that came out. And it is not because it was all about how Amazon warehouse employees, like, you know, 20% of them or whatever were right. on food stamps. Mm-hmm. That is not accurate. Okay. That came from a sensational story that came from one story oh out gosh. of out of one state and one um, facility. Okay. It was that, I don't remember the exact percentage, but let's just say 20% cause it's yeah. kind of a large number. Um, tw- 20%, I don't even remember the state. I'm going to use Michigan just. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, 20% of Michigan mm-hmm. Amazon employees, uh, are on food stamps, but it was 20% of Michigan families. And so, and the, the report did not take into account whether the the family, the person on food stamps was the person actually working on Amazon oh. or not. So it could be <gasps> that, you know, the, the wife is working yeah. at Amazon, and uh, but the, she has a husband who is out of a job and on food stamps at home, but that is a family unit. Right. And so that, it counts. And that, so that counts. Gotcha. And so to say that. 20% of Amazon employees right. That's much is huge, bigger. Yeah. but it's actually just, there was a story from one state, gotcha. one facility, and it was distributed among families, not even the specific Amazon employees. Gotcha. So it was just a massive, sensational story that came out of it. Right. But that's not the yeah. only story I've heard, and, to be fair. Yeah. But I do think, but, and that's not, so, <sighs> it's just like, you know, you take, um... The Flint water. I've seen a lot of this on Twitter. You take the Flint water crisis. Mm -hmm. It would cost $55 million to fix Flint water, um, which in the grand scheme of things is not that much money Mm -hmm. to fix like a major crisis that's causing a lot of illness and disease and, you know, everything. Um, And you take the top five, not all of the richest, 
billionaires, <laughs> the top five, and all of them make more than 55 billion or something or 50 billion and it only takes 55 million to fix flint's water Mm -hmm. and like i said jeff bezos is 122 billion and the number five is like 50 or 55 billion Mm -hmm. they would all only have to donate not very much of their money of the top five people Mm -hmm. to fix flint's water crisis yeah but that's only five people if you take there's actually I, i read an article the other day of because it's talk, it was talking about the growing wealth gap because mm-hmm. it just continues to get bigger and bigger and impossible. And there are now over 2,000 billionaires um, that in 2017. Um, I can't remember how many people were added to the billionaire list, but now there's over 2,000. And um, I was just talking about how like it's so easy for the rich people to become billionaires now and it's so hard for other people to make money Mm -hmm. um that was like the whole conversation so let's just take two thousand billionaires that's it of the richest of the rich the one percent there are billionaires two thousand of them there are there are two thousand people who have a billion dollars over two thousand yes wow i need to find i can find that article anyways over two thousand are billionaires now and it only costs $55 million to fix Flint's water. And I just don't understand, like, why? Like, I, as, as human beings, I think we have an obligation. Now, I'm not saying that Jeff Bezos is responsible for <laughs> Flint's water problem, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, you have $122 billion. What are you doing with that? What are you doing? And why is it so important to just get more of it? Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, there is an article about you know, again, the wealth gap. Um, but it was talking about like how much money billionaire or rich people, maybe not necessarily billionaires, but the 1%, right? How much of them actually donate to charities of any kind? Mm-hmm. Obviously Bill Gates is yeah. at the top of the list, right. right? But like Jeff Bezos was the bottom of the list. Like mm-hmm. he donated Even though he's like the hardly richest. anything. I think yeah. I might get this wrong, but I think it was around like 200,000, mm-hmm. which is a decent amount of money, but not when you own 122 billion. Mm-hmm. That's literally nothing, right. you know. And it's like I feel like you have a responsibility. And also with Amazon, they're kind of killing a bunch of other companies, and I have a problem with that too. But anyway, that's beside the point. I think you have an obligation as a human being to better the world, and all you're doing is growing more wealth for yourself, widening the gap, not giving to the community, and it's just causing what's happening. Do you think that if those billionaires have an obligation to give money to and better the world, do you think that the bottom 2% also has the obligation to give money to and better the world? Yes, I think everybody has an obligation to do what they can. And it just so happens that the wealthier people have a better opportunity to give more. Right. That's so, all. But like... Let's say like somebody is below the poverty line and... You know, th- to give the same amount of percentage, they would have to give, you know, $100 or something. Uh-huh. But that $100 is the same proportionally as what Jeff Bezos is giving, but disproportionately affects their livelihood. Right. No, I don't think I don't think it should be like a percentage like that. I think it should be according to like what you can do to survive. Mm-hmm. Like if all you can 
give is a dollar, give a dollar. Like who cares? It's all about the heart. It's like a, for me, it's a heart issue and kind of like a gratitude Mm -hmm. and just wanting to make the world better. And so like, if you can do that with your dollar and a smile, do it with a dollar and a smile. Jeff Bezos has the opportunity to do it with millions of dollars, but he's not, you know, it Mm -hmm. just, it feels like to me, it just seems kind of like a really, and a really selfish approach to just like grow your wealth and then do nothing with it because also you're going to die and then you're just going to have $122 billion in the bank. What for? Like to give to your family. Sure. But then what else? Like Mm -hmm. they don't need 122 billion. You don't need $122 billion. Like Mm -hmm. that's a an outrageous amount of money. Do something with it. That's what I think. I don't know. I just think it's about, it's, it's like the posture that you have toward humanity. It's like, it's a heart issue. And I don't think that he hasn't, or a lot of rich people haven't shown Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they have a heart for humanity. And I also am very against the growing wealth gap because it just makes everything so unfair and so difficult and so impossible for so many people. And that's not okay. That's not fair. I mean, why do you want to live in a world where you are rich, but the world sucks because nobody else can make money? I mean, but the world doesn't suck to those people. I, but it should. But is there... You should walk down the street and see how awful life is and let it do something to you. I mean, because they're so removed from reality that... I know, but that's the problem, right? Like, that's the problem. I mean, obviously, Jeff there Bezos are... doesn't go to Flint, Michigan, to see all the children who are sick because they don't have clean water. Yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, I'm I also believe that I I, I wish and hope that billionaires would do more to right. better humanity because I think that there's so much opportunity there to right change. I mean, right everything. Right. I mean, I think the potentially the ability to cure cancer mm-hmm. is in one of them donating mm-hmm. enough like yeah. to for you know I don't know what it would be but right. you know what what would how much would it take to end world hunger how much would it take to you know right. find a cure for a myriad of things it, I think the potential is there for that to be all those things to be solved if they, they came together and did it that being said on the contrary yeah. You know, you're saying if Jeff Bezos visited Flint, Michigan and saw the problem, you know. I would he, hope he would be moved. Yes. Yes. But also it's like take take the side of him, I guess. Right. And say, I have worked my way from the bottom. Absolutely. Built this up and acquired this massive amounts of wealth. At what obligation do I have to give part of what I have earned to a city or a town that have screwed themselves over. Right. And, you know, it's like self-inflicted wounds here. At what obligation do I have to give Here's that? The thing. And do I think he should? Yes. I mean, but I, I'm just kind of playing devil's no, advocate I, there. No, I absolutely agree that you sort of don't owe anybody anything. Like, that's kind of the mindset that you're mm-hmm. presenting, right? I, I get it. Like, you work hard for what you have, and that is totally okay. I still, though, go back to, one, you have to have a heart for humanity. Like, if you are a human being and you don't have a heart for humanity, I don't understand 
what you're doing or who you are. Like, why are you here? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're human beings on this earth together. Like, that should that should do something to you, right? To see another human being in pain. Um, But also, too, and this is more the the government and the growing wealth gap than it is rich people because i feel like if you were a rich person and you could take advantage of everything that the government is offering to you you absolutely would and should Mm -hmm. and you're stupid not to right but then like why are we still why are we giving them like if if the if they were taxed you know like everybody else fairly um all that's too much to get into but if they were taxed like they probably should be taxed the government would have more money to allocate to all of these crises right like the flint water and poverty and um cancer and everything right like Mm -hmm. the government would have more money that we would hope they would steward correctly Mm -hmm. (laughs) to put toward these crises so that the it wouldn't be an obligation to the rich people because they're doing their due diligence and and paying their taxes correctly Mm -hmm. right so it's sort of like maybe that's my bigger issue it sounds like your bigger issue is humanity because it is all of the money that let's say you know the billionaires were taxed correctly or higher or something Mm -hmm. and the government got all that money then you'd have to trust the humanity of the government to actually use that for altruistic methods and modes and spurring mm -hmm. on innovation and things like that so let's just and then also you are hoping and wishing that the altruism of the billionaires they would use their money you know for the same thing and right now it doesn't feel as though either one of them are doing that so your problem is more with humanity Yes. In general, at large. Yes. That people aren't, like, instead of looking at, you know, Flint's government, that they aren't fixing their water, look at the people that are suffering at the hand of that. Right. And step in and say, I don't care that it's self-inflicted. I'm going to help the people affected. Right. Not those who inflicted. Right. And. And then, like, you know, do that. And then, like, play damage control and figure out. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just. Every, ugh. Everything's a mess, you know? Everything is a mess. And I just feel like there are certain things. Like, do I think, like, if Jeff Bezos just was like, I'm going to pay for Flint's water problem. I'm going to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. Do I think the problems would actually go away or be fixed? No. But at least, like, children would have clean water, Mm -hmm. right? So, And we'd have a new town called Amazon Flint. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, you know the, the if he's given that much money, that somebody's name's on that. Uh huh. Bezosville, yeah. and that's fine. It can't Bezosville. <laughs> that's fine, but I so I don't think it's like the solution, but I do think that it has its merit. Like I, I think that they have an obligation as human beings to do something good with the money that they've at least some of the money. Like, and that's the thing. I don't feel like <laughs> asking you know, billionaires to donate some of what they've earned is a bad thing or like an unfair thing. Like, what are you going to do with $122 billion? Just there, you literally, you cannot spend it. Like there's no way you can do it. So like, just like use it for good a little bit, not all of it, but just like 20 billion, you know, you're still worth over a hundred billion at that point. Like just Mm -hmm. do something good with it. I don't know. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's confusing and I don't get it. Yeah. I I do agree and hope and wish that, you know, 
that some of these, you know, ultra wealthy people, yeah, like would start like just using it for good, even if it, even if the motives are just to get your name, get out your there. name out there. Yeah, because, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, maybe these people's names will live on history just because of how much money they have, but you know, there are names like you know Rockefeller mm-hmm. or things like that that have that are prolific they're solidified Um, will be forever and it's like what if let's just use bezos since we're already Mm -hmm. talking about him what if bezos like took on the mission of cancer let's say right and he said like which bill gates kind of already has yeah right well more malaria and like poverty and like all sorts of like global issues and things like that i mean not that cancer's not global um anyways uh but let's just, I don't... We can say cancer. That's fine. I mean, yeah, it's just, I'm not versed enough in, like, right. that to even... I'm just... This may come off of ignorant, because I'm not, like, actually versed in it, but I'm just going to use an example anyway. And just say, like, treated it like it was the moon landing, mm-hmm. and said, like, I'm going to inspire a generation, a country, in into, like, action. Right. By giving tons of money and um in in, in being in being in, in, inspiration to say like by 2021 whatever mm-hmm. like you know we are going to have progress like we're going to find a cure for this specific type of cancer or whatever right. and instead of basically inspiring an entire group of people and funding the action right to make it happen because It's like with, you know, the moon landing, it's like it would have never happened if it, there wasn't a deadline on it with money and inspiration being like brought, you know, together and inspiring, like, you know, racing to the moon. It's like, what if we were using that same method to race to end world hunger, race to cure cancer, race to fix fix Flint water, like, you know, uh, all, all that type of stuff. Like what? good i mean like there's no urgency it seems yeah to i i guess help people i don't know like what the term is but it it just seems like like there's no urgency to figure out hunger and poverty and Mm -hmm. all of those things um and i think that Nobody is prioritizing it. It feels like nobody is prioritizing it. Nobody Nobody, in the mainstream. Yes, Yes. that's what I mean. It feels like nobody in the spotlight is really prioritizing like, hey, look, these are major issues. Let's figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And the government is not helping. That's a whole other situation. (laughs) Um, But they're not, you know, really like setting the precedent. And then I feel like, the majority of the ultra rich aren't setting a precedent. Um, and everybody else is kind of like their hands are tied. They're like, well, I mean, I have to work 80 hours a week to pay rent. So mm-hmm. I don't really have time to do anything or money because it's all going to like try and survive. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I mean, cause there are, there are thousands, if not millions of oh, people yeah. all working to like, fix these Absolutely. issues and like they it's like in their heart and the all that anonymous stuff. So, but, heroes but it's like they're underfunded underfunded um or underhelped overworked or not like 
maybe even it's that, you know, if, if some of these people were brought together, like new connections and whatever would be made. But I just wonder, basically, this is just a thought experiment. It's not a necessarily a, uh, like, I have the answer. Like, here's a solution right. we should try. This is more like a thought experiment of what would happen right. if one of these uber rich people spearheaded yeah. something. Because it, it takes, you know, media attention and it takes um, buzz and talk about and, you know, whatever for, for people to be informed mm-hmm. to like, and not just to be informed, but it reminds me kind of of, um, there's a book called Blue Like Jazz by Donna Miller. And in the very beginning of the book, he's talking about how he was, he hated jazz music his whole life because jazz doesn't resolve. It's just ongoing. And he hated that. Um, but one day he, there was this jazz musician playing on the street and he just sat and watched him for a really long time. And he said, I, I didn't love jazz until I watched somebody else love jazz. And I feel like it's kind of the same. Like you have to watch somebody else's passion for something in order for you to get passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nobody's doing that. Like Which, that's what needs to happen. Like there needs yeah. to be passion from somebody with influence to be like, hey, look, world hunger sucks. We're going to do something about it. And mm-hmm. I want you to be part of it with me. Right. Yeah. Like that is powerful. And nobody's and that really doing that. Is how. Ryan Gosling saved jazz. That is how Ryan Gosling <laughs> saved jazz. <laughs> That's such a good SNL skit. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, uh, totally worth the watch. But yeah, it's like that, you know? That's kind of how I feel like. Nobody mm-hmm. is really, like, setting the precedent. Nobody that I have seen in, like, the mm-hmm. spotlight is setting any sort of yeah. precedent for it and so everyone's just kind of like yeah i mean it sucks but what do i do about it mm-hmm. you know yeah it yeah it's very out there mm-hmm. uh, it would be uh, i would love to be uh alive whenever you know the like the next like um race to the moon happens like yeah, whatever yeah. that is when the whole country rallies around something yeah they're like we are going to accomplish this mm-hmm that's powerful and inspiring and we're not doing that right now mm-hmm. we haven't been for a long time yeah and you can argue like the climate the political climate we're in you know has a lot to do with it and i think that's true yeah. i think like, it's like what what could possibly <laughs> unite all in, in saying like <laughs> right what could possibly what could not be politicized because it feels like Every single thing is politicized. It, yeah, it feels like you're like, oh, yeah, that is that is a great, um, well, let, let's just say like um, immigration and, right. and, and like taking in people who, uh, refugees. Right, who it's need like, a home. Up until just years ago, refugees were not a political thing. Right. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're estranged it, from their homeland. Yes. It's like they it, deserve everything. Yeah. And it, now it's like. If an American city was under house. attack and there were people being like murdered and oppressed and right. like, you know, all this stuff and they had to uh, escape right. into Literally, somewhere else, everybody, all other people would like, oh my gosh, yes, bring my neighbors over. But because yeah. it's like another country, it changes the political landscape now, not right. before. But anyways, basically just getting at that before that was not politicized. Right. It was a, a global issue. Right. It was just a issue that people had to take on right but and that people were willing to take on and so now it's like what 
it feels like no matter, you could take anything mm-hmm. and somehow somebody's going to divide it yep. and make it a political issue. Right. And and I think especially right now because the leader that we have is so... Are you poli- talking about Trump? Yeah, I just didn't want to say Is he who should not be named? <laughs> he who shall not be named um, is so polarizing that um, it's impossible really to find any kind of common ground you know and like like he just makes everything sensational Mm -hmm. right and so it's like really difficult to rally with somebody who is right like that and so i just i don't because those who are with him are with him and then those even if he does something good for all people those because of everything that he like i can never in good conscience back trump right because i don't care if he maybe did something that wasn't the dumbest thing ever right but then like the next day he's gonna tweet about something Mm -hmm. crazy and we're all gonna be blown up by nuclear bombs right so there's just like it doesn't really matter if he does anything good i can't back him in good conscience right yes but at like that's the kind of the point though that i'm making is that you have to take it because of the office of the president you have to take it case by case and not as a whole right because just because he is a racist misogynist like terrible human being person yeah like it is very difficult when he does something good to actually allow it to be like oh right to give him any sort of credit oh he did something good yeah um because it's impossible like for anybody to never do anything good right and you know it's like yeah nobody's all good or all bad right but because it's surrounded with such like stuff yeah (laughs) it's hard for anybody right like to just look past me like oh yeah he did sympathize with um white white supremacist right and if Um, you were in support but that's so but i'm gonna look past that because he did this good thing right And and like if you were in support of him you're like you have to it's sort of this idea like you have to support everything he does otherwise like admit yeah i think fault. that's probably more the problem is that the, that that that's the political divide right there right is that you have to be all supportive or all not right and you that's basically that so that's what i'm getting at what would be the thing that, that the whole that all, of, all america. of america could get behind and not feel like Oh, I I can't be for that because Trump is for that, right? And or the other side saying I'm against that because Trump is is against that or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you know because it's like if Trump was to champion something like amazing, mm-hmm. like it was, well, we were talking about cancel, so let's just say like for some like Trump decided that the best thing he could possibly do with his time in the office is spur a country to cure cancer right could the the left and like those so against him actually get behind it and to make it happen could he be successful in that um because of how divided everything is right and i would hope yes but it uh, it kind of feels like no it kind of feels like it's going to take some like if somebody's going to champion something that big and bring a whole country together it's gonna have to start fresh well here's the thing i think that you can't be so polarizing and 
like it can't be a character who is so polarized as polarizing as Trump who rallies an entire country. Mm-hmm. His goal from the beginning was not to rally an entire country, right. right? Like I feel like you can't like it's impossible. It's an impossible task to have somebody like that to say like could people get behind him because mm-hmm. he doesn't want that. He likes. Yes. Uh, I mean, but that's talking specifically of what is happening, like the, you know, yeah. divide and conquer. But that's, I'm saying if he was to change mm-hmm. his mind and which he does a lot, um, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Like uh, it's funny. Maybe you just shouldn't like put it on Twitter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's funny that it happens, but I, I mean, changing your mind is, is good. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, depending on what you change your mind about. Yeah. But you know, you, we should all be learning Everyone and growing. Everyone learns and grows and, and whatever. It depends on like. Which but let's say, take that, just say he did change his mind. Like he surrounded himself with some amazing people. And yeah. like he decided like something amazingly altruistic was like the goal of our nation. Could we all get behind him and actually do it? I mean, I'm just thinking me personally, my immediate thought is, uh, don't know. <laughs> Like, I legit, mm-hmm. I would just have to, like, live in that and see. Maybe over time I could, you know, whatever. I think it would but be very difficult. I'm a very, I'm a very, like, I like justice. And not in a, like, I want people to get what they deserve way. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like, I like fairness. I think yeah. everything needs to be fair. And for an entire country to rally around Trump and, like, praise him for like taking on this thing that's not fair he's a terrible human being right so mm-hmm. there's a piece of me that's like i don't know if i actually would or could and i'm not even like a crazy left liberal whatever like i'm i feel like i'm pretty middle of the road like you know depending on the issue right mm-hmm. so i don't know um here's a good question what is the difference between justice and revenge. Huh. Okay. Um, well, I think revenge is okay. Oh gosh. This is like a really heavy question to answer on the spot. I think revenge is like a personal thing, right? So like you have a vendetta for somebody because they did something to you and like that is your sole purpose is to hurt them like they hurt you, mm-hmm. right? That's revenge. And I think justice, I think of justice on not a personal level. Mm. Um, so like if I'm like getting revenge to somebody, it's like a personal thing. But like, for example, like when when we killed Bin Laden, there were... We oh, did it personally. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Yes, I was there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there were a lot of people who kind of had like a there were mixed reactions I guess like most everybody was like yes he's dead Mm -hmm. and then there were some people who were like why did we like who are we as human beings to decide if somebody gets to die or not right like that's Mm -hmm. kind of um, or more so celebrate the death celebrate the death of somebody like isn't that playing god and you know like that kind of conversation. Um, and it's, I think kind of the same conversation as death row, you know, that kind of idea. Um, like, yeah, they're terrible human beings, but do we get to decide the end of their life? Right. Like, is that appropriate or not? Mm -hmm. And so 
which I feel like the the majority of people were like, yes, he's dead. And but there was that argument that I heard. And I feel like I am not I don't I don't know. At the time I didn't know where how I felt about it, but like I don't think that it's a bad thing that he's dead. I mean, right. I feel like I guess neutral about it. Um but like I would consider like that mission of killing Bin Laden, I would consider that justice, mm-hmm. not revenge, right? So because he was obviously leading you know, terrorist groups and like that whole conversation, right? So it's like you take down the leader, you take down them all. Well, that is like, and so who has the right to justice? I mean, I guess it's just the government because let's say um, in your life that uh-huh. somebody murdered your family or right. something like that. And, um, you know, they basically, okay, no, let's just let's take a different example. Let's just take Bin Laden mm-hmm. and say that a family member who was affected by the acts of bin Laden murdered him. Mm -hmm. Would that person be serving justice or serving revenge? I would call that revenge. I would call it revenge because you have a very, I I would say like it's skewed. Your, your, your mindset is skewed and you can't really think clearly. Like you're only thinking about yourself. Right. And so whether it's like for the better of people or not, like that's, that's kind of irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like if some if some stand like some person went and killed Bin Laden because he killed their family member or whatever, um, maybe it's better for humanity that Bin Laden like no longer existed and like the whole terrorist groups were taken down and all that stuff, right? Maybe that like works out for the better, but it was still revenge because mm-hmm. this one person had a vendetta, right? But I feel like a government goes in with an operation and um, like a plan of action to take down bin Laden in order to take down this group, in order to take down this group and this group and this, and right? Like there's mm-hmm. a plan of action. And I feel like one person getting revenge, there's no, there's no plan. It's just like, this is going to make me feel better. And that's it. So because they, because you, because that is viewed as revenge over justice uh-huh. and they didn't have the authority to make that decision. Uh-huh. Do you think that that hypothetical person should be punished to the extent of the law that would be if they had killed any other person? That's even stickier than the difference between revenge and justice. Would we celebrate, <laughs> would we celebrate Joe mm-hmm. <laughs> like for you know, trekking over and, you know, killing somebody as we did the government for trekking over and killing somebody. I don't know. Probably not. Like, as a people, would we celebrate it? I feel like America definitely would. Like, especially in that specific scenario. Like, yeah. that, that hypothetical. Like, if somebody... Such a bad... Yes. If, like, yeah. if some Joe Blow went over and killed Bin Laden, he would have, like... He would, he would be, be given hero. yes. He would be given every star heart purple thing that they give out. <laughs> yeah, and like they, there would be movies about him. There um, would definitely be a movie about like, him. I feel like uh, yes. I feel like he'd be celebrated. I feel like you're probably right. Um, it's hard for me. I don't know. It, it's hard. But that's kind of like because I think do, you do have motives to... matter if if the outcome was right. Yes, and I, I think motives matter, um, regardless of 
like the outcome or whatever. I think motives matter. And in defining what is revenge and what is justice, yeah. right? Um, but not. But you're saying not in the extent of the law, though. What do you... Like, like the, if, out, the outcome of, like, bin Laden being, like, killed right, right. is the same, but the motives were different between right. the U.S. government and, you An know, individual. Uncle Joe. Like, right. So revenge versus justice. That right. would be a defining... Maybe that's maybe that's the definition. I guess maybe I'm just just trying to define. I don't know. That's kind of a weird, like very specific hypothetical, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but still fun to think about. Yeah. Um, more. I mean, I think the difference between revenge and justice almost is like revenge is malicious. Yeah. And justice is um, has mercy. I guess. I think maybe not mercy no, is the right word, but yeah. like, because I think it's, it's just like, it's more, this is maybe going to maybe it's more pragmatic. It's more mm -hmm. logical. It's more like, well, this is just the fact you did this. And so now this is going to happen. Like, mm -hmm. that's just all there is to it. Whereas revenge is, is just more emotional. Maybe revenge is acted upon by the afflicted. Yeah. And justice is acted by representatives of, of, a whole. Uh, of a whole or of like the peers of the afflicted. And so yeah. they were not personally. So justice is served by those who weren't personally affected. Right. Because there is bias from the person who was affected. So just maybe justice could never be served by somebody who was directly affected. Possible. I don't know. I don't know either. I think I just have like a everything I view is pretty much case by case. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> which I mean, that's how everything. Really I should I be. can't say like, oh, if this happens, then that's this, and then yeah. this, and you know, I can't. It's all like, okay, well, who was the person? Who was the other person? What mm -hmm. were they feeling? Um, you know, what's their yeah. backstory? Like, it's all case by case for me. But I feel like generally speaking, revenge is emotional. Justice is more mm -hmm. logical and pragmatic and like, well, this is just the facts. Right. You know? I think taking things case by case is, or not taking things case by case. Is dangerous. Is the ultimate problem with everything. Yes. Because if everybody in our world, especially in America, was to learn that absolutely everything is on a gray spectrum. Mm-hmm. I feel like there would be so much less divide. So much less. Because like we were saying with like Trump making decisions, it's like not every decision that happens is on like the left or the right. Right. It's all just decisions. And so if you take the decision by decision instead of the act of a whole or the uh, actions, uh, you know, in one case versus the other, yes, they both. Okay. So this is a good one. Like in um, the Me Too like mm -hmm. movement, there are some you know people men who very much like right. way 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 wrong right should and then there's the person who you know said something they uh, sexually harassed somebody right versus somebody who sexually assaulted somebody mm -hmm. both wrong but on a sliding well, scale, scale of gray right. and should not be receiving the same punishment legally or the same punishment 
societally mm-hmm. like in the in so in in social yeah well the question the, yeah i think the question is like yeah on what scale are we or are we even rating things on mm-hmm. a scale i mean i think generally speaking in that situation no it's kind of the in the time or at least last year i don't really know now but at least last year it was the time of like just uncovering everything mm-hmm. right it was very like wild anger mm-hmm. this is happening you know like let's just get everything out in the open it was kind of like that time and i feel like which i i think is necessary i right. think like it needs needed to happen needs to continue to happen it's just ripping the band-aid um, off ripping the band-aid off i i do think though I think the question is, like, how do we move forward, right? Mm. Like, how do we um, put practices into place? And, like, what are the punishments? Like, should someone who just, like, maybe said something inappropriate or even hurtful or, you know, whatever, unwanted advances, Mm -hmm. is that the same as sexually assaulting someone? Like, I don't know. And, no, it's not. Well, no, I know. I'm saying, like, what should the punishments be? Yeah. I don't know. But, like, it's very obviously different. Yeah. And it's different person by person. And I think you can't just lump everybody into one big group and say, like, these are awful people. Right? Like, right. that's not quite how life works. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Everything is just so yeah. much more nuanced. I think it plays into the the culture of outrage. And mm-hmm. Twitter's good at this. Like <laughs> there, there seems to be no gray scale for outrage in, in mm-hmm. popular culture and social media. There was to me, there felt like there was the same amount of backlash and outrage against Aziz Ansari mm-hmm. as there was about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Like I understood, I understand there was like there was more outrage like in the media and right. everything about Harvey Weinstein, but let's like, but it felt well, because very similar. Like it felt like th- there was just as much like attack and outrage and people just as angry about a season. Sorry, as there was about Harvey Weinstein. And you're like, those are two completely like, different, completely different things in the same like right. area. Like, yes, they are both like in, in the, the area of the same genre, of, yeah, the same genre. Yeah. But nowhere near the same band, the same song, the same like situation, anything. Yeah. And you shouldn't have the same amount of outrage right. for that. You know, it's kind of like the other day there was that girl who wore the the Chinese dress. And it's like yeah. there there felt like there was the same amount of outrage against that as there was against somebody committing sexual assault. And you're like, you're saying like the, the uh, your opinion on uh, cultural appropriation deserves the same amount of uh, intensity right. and attention right. as somebody physically assaulting somebody right well and side note what's funny about the dress situation is that um people in china actually praised it right (laughs) they were so excited about it they thought she looked so beautiful in her dress she's she's spreading our culture yay like we we love it whenever people you know yeah like you know pay attention to us yeah embrace us it's like nobody pays attention to anybody but america in america yeah so uh, which was just funny just a funny side note that america was mad at cultural appropriation but the people Mm -hmm. she was actually appropriating were like yes china Mm -hmm. you know but i i also think like that 
the whole like levels of outrage, that is the symptom of social media. Mm-hmm. And like now we we can just self-indulge and like it feels so good to like get rid of that feeling immediately and like just throw it out there and then like forget about it cuz i it feels it just feels good to be able to you know lash right. out um without thinking and i think now we just have that opportunity so often that we don't think about it. It's mm-hmm. not like before social media, I feel like the opportunities just weren't there. You know, you had to talk to a friend and you had to like call somebody and you had to, or text somebody mm-hmm. and you had to like, it was intent. It was more intentional outrage. Right. And I feel like now with social media, we can just outrage and then be done with it. And you can mm-hmm. always find somebody else who's going to agree with you. Yeah. And then you're going to find somebody else who disagrees with you. So then there's more outrage, right? And you're just like constantly fighting on Twitter. I also think that social media, um, it gives it it gives you things to think. What am I trying to say here? So before, let's say, mm-hmm. um, social media, and you were to see a picture of, you know, a girl wearing a Chinese dress who right. was white. It, you may just, you probably wouldn't even think anything about it. I would have thought nothing about it. But social media gave somebody the voice to be outraged. They put that outrage out on the internet. And then you see that Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe now it outrages you because of that person's opinion and then it snowballs. And now there's like this whole outraged group of people. Yes. Even though if they were to see it separately from each other and not have any way to communicate, they probably would have been like, Prom, prom, prom. Yeah. Prom. Like, oh, okay. I like, agree. Yeah. Like, probably. It is like it is. Nobody the, would probably even nobody outside of that girl's like family and friends probably would have ever seen it. Probably not. It wouldn't have even been a thing. That is the beauty and the curse of the internet, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause it's 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 cool that you can like relate to other people and like find your corner of of the internet, right, and meet these cool people from elsewhere. But then it gives you, like, the ability to huddle together and just be mad about whatever it is you're mad about without having to, like, converse with other people and, like, learn different points of views, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've been uh, talking for a while, so bef- I have... Wait, from uh, Elon Musk yes. to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have, like, many other thoughts that I could jump in here, but I don't want to... Uh make this like a two hour long uh podcast so we'll end this one here you can join us in the next one we'll keep having conversations uh like this and just keep exploring different things um so as a reminder this podcast is sponsored by hint water you can check out hint by going to hint.co slash deeply curious if you uh visit that link that just helps this show out so Mm -hmm. appreciate you guys doing that if you are listening to this and you would like to see what we look like or want to watch uh, our facial expressions as we talk the deeply curious is also on youtube and we have a youtube channel devoted to the deeply curious podcast and you can find that in the show notes if you're watching us right now hello (laughs) thank you guys for watching leave your comments below and we'll see you in the next one bye